we do these surveys with HR people and it's always about my function, I'm responsible for people, et cetera. I want to get people in HR and payroll thinking about, actually, we should be thinking wider than that. We should be thinking about the business. How do we influence commercial decisions? How do we influence the operating model? How do we influence where we go as an organization? And I want to see more of that come out. Welcome to the Payroll Podcast, the show that explores the latest insights and innovations in the world of payroll. I'm Nick Day, founder of JGA Recruitment, a specialist global payroll search firm. I'm also a qualified executive coach and a recognized Reward 300 member. And my goal for this show is clear, is to bring you expert guests and payroll leaders who are driving this industry forward. From cutting edge technologies and trends to compliance, analytics, automation, leadership strategies, and more, we're gonna cover it all on this show to help you to deliver accurate and timely payrolls across your organizations. So let's join together in raising the strategic profile of payroll worldwide. Grab your coffee or your favorite beverage, and let's get started. Hello and welcome everyone to our second podcast, uh, or rather webinar, should I say, all about HR and payroll foundations. We're going to be talking today about how to drive operational efficiency. We're going to leave a couple of seconds just to make sure all the members do get on to today's session. We've got a lot of people registered, which is really, really exciting. Uh, for those that uh, are interested, there was, this is the second of five sessions we will be delivering. Uh, dates for four and five still to be confirmed, but dates for the third one already available online. So do start booking up for that as well. Uh, today, we are going to be talking about how modern HR and payroll systems drive operational efficiency. And this does link to a white paper that SD Works have produced. I will put a link to that white paper in the show note, in the uh, chat if for those that haven't accessed it yet. So you can kind of follow along if you wish to. Uh, but more importantly, we're going to be talking to our expert panel today, uh, Bob Rehill and Chris Kirby, who I'll introduce in just a moment to bring this subject to life. So my name is Nick Day. I'm founder of JGA Recruitment Group. We specialize in payroll and HR recruitment. Uh, I'm a Reward 300 member. I host Payroll Question Time, which is also with SD Works. And of course, I host the Payroll Podcast. But that's me. What I'd like to do is introduce our great speakers. So uh, Bob, if you could introduce yourself, please. Yeah. Hi, thanks for that, Nick. And good to be back again. Um, so yeah, I'm Bob Rehill. I'm the founder of the Bob Rehill Partnership. And we specialize in supporting clients with uh, HR and payroll and finance transformation. So looking at new technology, new operating models, uh, and we've been doing that for about 15, 20 years. So that's what we do in an independent consultancy. Fantastic. And Chris Kirby. Thanks, Nick. Uh, likewise, really pleased to be back. Um, I head up the payroll transformation practice for Lace Partners. Um, we're a boutique HR consultancy and we support clients with that end-to-end -end sort of picture from you know, strategy and op model and, and operating efficiency um, all the way through to technology and, and sort of implementation support. Um, hopefully I'm I'm uh, well placed for this one in particular. I've, uh, my background was actually in operations and I, I was a global head of payroll at Barclays at one point in time and have been doing transformation ever since. So hopefully I can add some good insight today. Absolutely. So the audience are in very, very safe hands. And we're going to be asking for your participation today as well. Uh, so lovely audience, please do take a look at our polls. One will be coming very, very soon. Before we get into that, we're going to just uh, sort of run through the agenda for today's session. So we're going to be talking about an introduction to the foundation series, the importance of investing in people and processes, how inefficiencies happen, and of course, legacy systems, uh, the challenges for HR as a result, and catalyst for change. There will be a Q&A as well at the end of the session. So if you do have any questions you would like our panel to, 
to, to tackle, please do put them in the Q&A box and we'll try and get to those as we do. If it's relevant to bring up slightly earlier than that because it's in, involved in the current conversation, then I'll try and ask them in real time as well. So do put any questions you have in the questions uh, box. So let's see who's listening. Let's get everyone on their toes. We're going to start with our first poll before we jump into uh, the full overview of the session today. But the poll is going to be, how would you describe your organization's current level of operational efficiency. So in order for us to know how we can drive improvements, it's always good to know where we're starting from. So select one of these options, needs improvement, could be better, steady enough or expert level. Once we get those results coming through, I will ask my panel uh, here just to comment on their thoughts on those results. So just tick the box you think most applies to your current situation. And then once we've got those results, we can really focus on how we can drive those improvements. Now, for those that uh, weren't familiar to the first session, I do believe the session that, uh, that you may have missed, session one, is still available. So do have a look at that, get another chance to catch up with that as well. Um, and we will be talking uh, in the next session, which you can book online while we're waiting for those results to come in, which will be on pay propositions, which takes place on the 22nd of March. So if perhaps you've already put your results in the box and you've got a couple of seconds spare, you can quickly go online and book yourself into that third session while we wait for these results to come through. Uh, so let's see how these results are coming on. And Bob, I'm going to come to you first when we get these results. And wonder if you could just make a quick commentary on, uh, on the results as they come through, if that's OK. If we can just close that poll on how are those results looking. So for those that may be in audio only mode, we've got 43% that need improvement. We've got 38% that could be better, 19% steady enough. And interestingly, 0% say they're at an expert level of operational efficiency. So Bob, what are your thoughts on those? I, I'm not surprised. I think we all uh, recognise, and I'm sure, you know, Chris will, will say the same thing, not, you know, there aren't many organisations that have invested in payroll and and operational efficiencies in the last few years. And I think they've recognized that over the last two or three years when we've had the pandemic. So um, it's good to see that there's uh, areas that uh, need improvement. And, and that means that people are recognizing that actually they could be better. Um, you know, steady enough is, is great, but actually is steady enough the right place to be or do you want to be moving towards experts? So I'm not surprised. It's always been one of those areas that has ha had the lack of investment over the last three to five years great to see that people are recognizing that it needs to be improving. Yeah, absolutely right. Certainly as recruiters, we're seeing more transformation than we've ever seen before as uh, departments try and improve their level of operational efficiency. What are, what are your thoughts on that, on those results, Sir Chris? Um, yeah, as Bob said, I, I, I agree. Um, I think it's what's probably telling is that people recognize this now, right? I think that's the biggest thing to say. I think the last few years and, and the continuation of, you know, a very unsteady global landscape for, for payroll and, and, and HR as well. Um, I think it's just shone a light on it. And I think people are recognizing it more now. I think people, the status quo and, and just kind of maybe it's steady enough here is is probably where they would have been. Um, I think that was maybe okay. And, and people were getting away with that because they didn't realize the challenges that, and the risks that were caused by, by what was there previously. Um, and I think that last few years and, and even the current landscape has shone a light on that. And people are now recognizing that they do need a level of, of improvement with their efficiency. Sure, sure. I think that the quote that comes to mind for me when I look at these results is you don't need to be ill to get better. And I think people have understood that just because people are being paid potentially compliantly and on time, that doesn't mean that you're not still right for transformation. It doesn't mean you can't improve your operational efficiency with better systems and processes. So uh, I think that's a really good observation you've made there, Chris and Bob. Well, let's jump then into the, uh, the content a little bit more because this is all about hashtag get your foundations 
right. Uh, hopefully most of you on the, the webinar today have already had a chance to look at the white paper that supports today's presentation. But these, these uh, presentations really have to follow on from those white papers. You can go alongside it. We delivered a lot of those, uh, or SD Works delivered those white papers throughout 2022. And they're really there to help organizations navigate what is an ever-changing workplace, an ever-changing uh, nature of work. And we want to help lay down the foundations today for all HR and payroll people to make sure that they can really I guess obtain a level of success within their organizations. We want to help HR leaders to achieve more while demonstrating the true value that both payroll and HR can bring to an organization. We know that if the foundations are in place, time can be freed up to achieve more strategic drivers. And we've the, the results of the white paper showed that some of those drivers include HR and data insights, uh, improving the employee experience, absolutely critical, both in the world of payroll now, which is relatively new, and the world of HR as well, uh, pay, pay propositions, and of course, today's number one topic, operational efficiency. And there will, of course, for those interested, uh, there will be a follow-up to these webinars in each of these areas, but this session, session two, is all about operational efficiency. However, just as a, a final reminder, do sign up early for pay propositions, which is going to be taking place on the 22nd of March, which will be the third of the of, of five of these sessions that we will be delivering. So let's jump to slide six, which really is all about the importance of investing in people and processes. Now, we all know at a time of rising costs in the cost of living, with loads of concerns around the wider economy, not just financially, but politically as well. And with the impact of the pandemic still very much ongoing, we're still very much suffering the after uh, effects of the pandemic. We know that operational efficiency is absolutely paramount right now for every single business. Research carried out by SD Works has actually shown that operational efficiency is now the number one priority for those working in HR. So Bob, our resident here, HR, finance and payroll thought leader, he's an expert in all three areas, which is Fantastic. I wonder if you could just tell us a little bit more about how businesses can really maximize operational efficiency and the benefits of investing in this area that they can have on HR and payroll teams, as well, I guess, as the, as the broader business in relation to organization objectives. Yeah, listen, look, it's, it's one of those areas that um, we think um, is ripe for investment, actually, but also operational efficiency. So, you know, it, the, the payroll industry is notorious for double entry, right? How many times do we hear we have HR systems, we have payroll systems, and they don't talk to each other, and 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 those areas, you know, still exist today. How many times do we talk about how many times you have to manually input data that's not captured on HR systems, but actually needed in payroll in order to do transactions? So, the, it's notorious in the payroll industry around uh, sort of double entry manual transactions etc so if we're talking about that loud enough why are we not thinking about the operational efficiencies that can be gained by looking at our systems our processes and the data that we have to process and think about smarter ways of actually minimizing the amount of double entry and and the manual manual workarounds we've got in place and and all of that will lead to releasing time from payroll hr and and, and finance professionals as well to look at actually meaningful insight that allows people to then think about how do I use this data and and insight to drive business operations and 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 get better at what we do, right? And so I think there's a lot of opportunities for people to think about, you know, getting the transactions right and automating that and getting those seamlessly flowing flowing through. Because 90% of what payroll people do is around transaction processing. But if we can get 90% of it done automated, releasing 80% of our time to think about the metrics and the data we get. 
what a better place we'll be in. So automation, transaction, you know, automation and releasing that time to focus on using the insight we get from payroll is, is ultimately the priority rather than bringing more people in to do more stuff, right? And, and those are a massive opportunity to do that at the moment. You're absolutely right. I'm just going to um, summarize some of the things that I picked up on from your response there. But one was the, the, the words meaningful insight. So this for me doesn't mean that payroll people are going to be outsourced, that it's going to disappear. This is really where the relevancy of, of pay, payroll and HR professionals really comes to the fore, because if we can get rid of that 90% uh, transactional double entry type work, well, of course, it frees up a huge amount of time to really deliver those meaningful insights that you, you talk about. Now, Chris, we know that you've come from an operational background. You're now working in the world of, of implementation and transformation. How does that resonate with you? How do those points that Bob just mentioned, how do they land with you in relation to providing those meaningful insights? Yeah, I I think they they yeah completely agree. Um, and I think there's going to be a lot of um synergy today, right? I think operational efficiency is such a a hot topic at the moment, and a lot of the themes are are very strong and very sort of consistent across the board. I think the one thing I'd maybe add, I think the insight side is huge, and and supporting you know we'll come on to this I'm sure in a moment um a bit more, but supporting businesses with you know the data and everything that they've needed and, and the insights they've needed to navigate the landscape in recent times has clearly um or would clearly have been a very valuable commodity for payroll to provide. Um I think the the other side though in terms of freeing resources up is around employee experience. And I think you know the insight side is huge and, and supporting in that that vein when we talk about outward sort of facing payroll people. But I think the focus on employee experience, Nick, as you said in the introduction, is is increasing massively and is becoming such a focal point of pretty much every transformation at the moment. Um, and I think that's another thing that payroll resources being freed up from transactional manual activity, you know, um, opens up and really is a, it's going to be a focus going forwards as well. Absolutely right. I mean, insights are only as powerful as the, you know, while well, they're not powerful on their own thing, they're only powerful if you act upon those insights, right? And as you talked about the employee experience there, something that I'm very familiar with in the world of recruitment is the one thing businesses want to do is they want to attract more people to their business in a very, very competitive world of recruitment and, and harming the best talent, but they also want to retain that talent. And that's where the employee experience, whether you work in payroll, whether you work in HR now is, is often the number one priority for many, many business leaders and stakeholders because they want to be able to keep that talent to keep their business moving forward. They want to attract the best talent to allow their businesses to grow and to scale and do the things they need it to do. And of course, losing that talent can be incredibly expensive. Um, and we're going to sort of touch upon some of those elements a little bit further on uh, during the show. So that was some of the research in relation to implementing systems, technology and processes and knowing that that's now a number one priority for those working in HR. But we also know that if we go to slide seven, inefficiencies often happen around legacy systems and around change. And with any changes to business operations, you know, more inefficiencies can pop up that perhaps we didn't even expect to, to come through. There are several reasons, of course, why Pearl processes are potentially not as efficient as they could be. Uh, Bob, you're probably going to be very familiar with some of those with your background. I wonder if you could talk us through some of the issues organizations are encountering and how, if possible, they could potentially be avoided. Uh, yeah, and listen, we we always talk to our clients, and I'm sure Chris gets this as well, that we're always hearing the words, that's how we've always done it, right? And 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 actually, you know, what we've got to say to ourselves is, you know, there is this, um, you know, 
culture in, in and, and, it, and it exists in all operations, right? Not just payroll, but in other businesses and, and other functions as well. We've got to come out of that. This is how we've always done it. Let's leverage technology. Let's see those synergies. Let's see where we can take advantage. And so there's going to be a bit of investment in the people, the types of people we've got, and encouraging them to start thinking outside of the norm. So, and, and you know, and, and the payroll industry, sadly, is is always you know, month to month, week to week in some areas, you know, of transaction processing, and we don't necessarily give them the time to come out of that. So the problem we've got is that we've got this cyclical cycle that happens week in, week out, month in, month out, that doesn't give necessarily the payroll function the time to come out and sometimes say, you know what, there might be a better way of doing this. So we've got to find ways of giving them that time back. And, and, and those are some of the challenges that the payroll industry has. It's just flat out, day in, day out. And then we talk about things, and I'm sure Chris is going to talk about this a little bit more about, you know, you're growing, you're acquiring companies, you're growing into different territories. All of that brings complexities as well. So there's 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 loads of things that really start to impact the opportunity for maximizing that efficiency. But we've got to find time for the payroll leaders and their teams to come out for a bit and find time to think about how we can do this better. Absolutely. Right. I think hopefully the found this foundation series is part of that process. People taking time out of the day to really think about this strategically. And there's a, a, a quote that says you've got to slow down to speed up. But it's sometimes really difficult when you head down in the detail. You realize, you've, you know, you've got deadlines to meet. You've got to get your payrolls out on time. There'll be a lot of people saying, I haven't got time to, to look up. I haven't got time to take a strategic view on this. And yet, if we look at the, the quotes in front of us here, the data in front of us, 100 percent of UK CHROs believe data collection is made easier by having an expert payroll partner. But how do we get that balance, Chris? If I come to you, we're, we're head down in the detail. How do we make that time available? How do we create that opportunity to be more strategic whilst keeping everything running smoothly? You know, Bob raised a, a really good point around that freeing up the time. And, and just, you know, it, there's many, it's very client specific from my experience. It's very organization specific, right? Because um, there's no sort of silver bullet. You don't click your fingers and suddenly everyone can do this. Fundamentally, it's the shift from um, being reactive, I think, um, and transactional to being proactive and, and, and thinking forward and thinking about how we actually support organizations rather than we how we react to just support current transactions. Right. Um, I think clearly technology has a massive role to play here. Um, you know, I think that probably goes without saying the more that the technology does, the less that, that the people need to do it with the, some of that day to day stuff. Um, the insight side, Bob's already touched on this, you know, the, the, we we focus so far on insights outwards and insights that businesses can use. Realistically, it's that reporting and the insights that payroll are using that needs to be stronger. Um, and fundamentally, I think it's the, the, the data, sorry, is another massive part. So, you know, so much payroll manual effort and so much focus of teams who are head down in the detail is because of data that maybe isn't as efficient or or structured or robust or owned as effectively as it could be upstream and downstream that payroll are having to to sort of um negotiate uh, sorry uh, navigate so i think really it's about getting those foundations right and having the the efficiency of the operation not just within payroll but around payroll in a position where payroll don't need to step in and fulfill that role yeah, absolutely right. I think, as you say, looking at solutions as well, being solutions focused, taking that, hopefully the people joining this session today are in that mindset already where they have the motivation 
to change. We're motivated enough. We can often find the time to to deliver what we need to do to make those changes. But we've got to be that. You know, we've got to be solutions focused. We've got to take our look look up a little bit more, as, as Bob was um, alluding to. However, we also know, and I'm, I'm aware that I'm sat, easy for me to say that here. I'm not one in the detail. But historically, things like mergers and acquisitions, uh, these things can cause issues, which can prevent payroll teams from being as efficient as perhaps they would like to be. Chris, this is an area that I know you're very much involved in as a, as a transformation consultant. So what impact can the legacy side of systems have on HR and payroll processes? And what are the main things that the people on the show today need to consider if they're, you know, if they're talking about or, or considering merging those systems together? Yeah, um, it is something that I'm very sort of passionate about. And I think it's fair to say, and Bob will probably agree, it, it, it's one of the key triggers for, for transformation in my experience as well. Um, but I think, firstly, it, it's fair to say it isn't always mergers and acquisitions, right? Sometimes companies simply work in fragmented models and in silos it, j just through culture or, or whatever. And back to that sort of this is what we've always done. No one's ever challenged that. Um, I think whatever the reason for it, though, it's incredible how much manual effort is expelled working around both system limitations and different terms and conditions, for example. Um, and, and more importantly, often they don't need to be limitations. You know, sometimes they're rules that have been imposed as part of, you know, minimal, minimum viable product design decisions during an implementation, for example, um, where maybe the effort to harmonize config or, or data was deemed too intensive to meet project deadlines. And, and, and those decisions have long lasting impacts, as I've just said, you know, it really creates a, an ecosystem where payroll are having to pick up the slack for those decisions on a long term basis. Um, I'd, I'd say a couple of good examples of this are across time and attendance and costing. I think those are two of the common areas that, that, that maybe suffer from this. Um, and let's be honest, it seems straightforward, right? How, how difficult can overtime at 1.5 1, 1 be? Um, but I'm sure Bob's seen it all the time as well. You know, it's not valid until a certain number of hours. There's a, it's only applicable to certain grades. It's capped and, and all of this is different for different sets of people. Um, when it comes to costing, this is where that legacy side comes in, where you've got, you know, formatting different. So many of our clients have two, three, four, may, maybe more layers of cost cost centers due to legacy solutions not being harmonized or migrated during transformation. And they all result in multiple reconciliation processes, postings and fundamentally as well. That has an impact upstream because we've spoken a lot already today about employee experience and if you're asking employees to make decisions because of technical limitations where they've got maybe four, five, six different options to choose from from the same thing because the system's configured in a certain way, it's just it, it's not a good employee experience. And it's also not in keeping with modern technology, right, and what they encounter in their daily lives. Um, at a policy and contractual level, your entire population were operating under the same set of rules. It'd be fairly easy, right? So we do have to acknowledge that absolute harmonization in that space and alignment isn't going to be possible in the majority of cases. But I do think organizations should look at, you know, especially with mergers and acquisitions, um, get getting to the point where it's as most harmonized as it can be. Um, but acknowledging that reality that we're not going to be in that position, I think what's critical is whether it's an M&A or whether it's an implementation or, or an upgrade or whatever, at go live, there's either full solutions in place or planned mitigation um, for things to be done in an automated fashion. Um, because I think, and I'm sure Bob sees this as well, far too often we arrive at clients who are operating hours, days, sometimes weeks of what are essentially workarounds just to get payroll done. Um, 
I think just to summarize, I know I've said an awful lot there, but I think in summary, I'd say don't operationalize workarounds. I think every system that every decision, sorry, that a system doesn't make, a human's going to have to. Have you ever asked yourself, how can I recruit payroll staff effectively? Please don't give up on your recruitment project just yet. Here at JGA Payroll Recruitment, we appreciate the difficulties associated with attracting, recruiting and retaining top payroll talent. We also understand just how costly a poor payroll hire can be. JGA Recruitment are a niche payroll recruitment agency who will partner with you to resource payroll candidates who will improve both the accuracy and efficiency of your payroll department. Contact us today on 01727 800 377 or visit jgarecruitment.com to find out more. Sure. Now, of course, if, you, if you're watching this and you're going through a merger and acquisition, you maybe you're, you're confronted with some of these challenges Chris has just highlighted. Do put your questions in the uh, questions box. We'll try and get to those towards the end of today's show. We've got a couple of uh, statistics here from the white paper on the screen. For those in audio-only mode, uh, one I've already read out, which is 100% of UK CHROs believe data collection is made easier by having an expert payroll partner. And the second is just over half of CEOs at UK companies feel positively about outsourcing their payroll processing. But something both of these, um, I think, highlight to me and, and based on the response I've heard from yourself, Chris and Bob, is something that's really important if we want to drive operational efficiency in the focus of today's show, is it's really important we don't silo payroll and HR, that we keep we have these two <laughs> functions communicating to make this to you know we're all trying to achieve the same thing here, which is related to our employee experience, utilizing our data in the most efficient way. I wonder, Bob, I can quickly come to you before we go to our next poll. With these two statistics on that we can see in front of us here from CEOs and CHROs. What are your thoughts in relation to the payroll and HR relationship? Do you think there's enough communication happening? Is there other things we can do to improve that relationship and improve those channels of communication? Well, I, I absolutely. I think, you know, we always know that payroll sometimes sits under finance. It sometimes sits under HR. Sometimes it sits under shared services. So actually payroll as a function doesn't seem to have a single home. You know, you, you, you think about organization structures, you tend to find, you know, quite structured organizations and they, they do it, but people tend to see, you know, payroll is, where should we put payroll? It's finance, HR, uh, transaction center, you know, operations, where, where do we put them? And I think that also doesn't help it get its, its uh, leverage that it needs to just say that we are a complicated function. You know, just going back to some of the things that Chris said, we've got to remember is different in every country across the world and in some countries in the US there are 50 different permutations of how to do payroll so it isn't easy it is a very complicated hats off to the payroll professionals that are listening here and going to be watching this podcast uh, you know or this webinar later you know hats off to you all because it isn't easy and I think organizations have to recognize that because it's very easy as Chris said for operations to decide they want to pay people this way pay people this way we want to add this sort of a scenario in etc but it's not not easy and I think you know we've got to find a home for payroll but I think payroll has a voice and has to start coming to the table and start saying we're, we're going to do this right and, and actually we want to be part of operational decision making so that we know the impact it's going to have on how we're going to transact payroll to make sure you get the employee experience you want as well it's all well making decisions at the front end we've got to make sure you get that experience at the at the uh, at the end as well on their payslip so yeah, it's uh, it's a very interesting conversation. And for the last three to five years, I'm always having the conversation, where does payroll sit? Finance, HR, operations. I don't think it matters really personally. 
it's about having a voice and having the, the you know a, a voice in the end-to-end -end process well maybe a slightly bigger question which kelly north mckay has just dropped into the questions box here is should payroll sit as its own function that's a big question maybe too big for today's show but maybe in a very short and succinct uh, uh, answers chris and bob i'll come to you very quickly with that question what are your thoughts is payroll ready yet to be to be its own operation its own function not sitting under finance or hr chris i'll come to you first so um i think there's two two layers to it. i will keep it short but i think that the layer around is payroll ready for it i think yes and i think that would support having that voice and it would support you know the being part of decision making and also that outward focus i think the reality is with all this focus on people and payroll having such a critical role to play within that it's going to be very closely knit with hr and what's important and the difficulty to navigate there is when we talk about budgets and things like that what you don't want to do is have them competing against each other so i think yes on one level i think it's you know fairly new concept and i think to have it done effectively we need to be very uh, very careful yeah listen we wrote a bit about this in the in the white paper actually and it came up as a subject and i probably had yeah. a voice which was slightly different actually to most people i listen I acknowledge that we want to recognize the payroll function as a really important function. Do I think it's its own own organization? Does it have its own hierarchy? Does it have its own director on the board? I'm not so sure. Um, I think, you know, it's still seen as we're doing transactions, we're processing, we're a shared services type organization, et cetera. But it's, it's for me, it's, I think it's, an, it's, an, it's a shared services type function, but absolutely it's got to be recognized as an important function and have a voice at the table. So I'm not worried whether it sits under finance, HR, its own function, et cetera, necessarily. Um, I'm just more worried about it being recognized as having a voice. I think to throw my penny in the well, I probably sit on the fence a little bit with both of you as well in, in terms of where I, where I sit with this. But in my experience, I think it absolutely could sit as its own function. But as we know, payroll is very unique and it really is dependent on the size of the organization, uh, strategically where they're set up in terms of the technology capabilities it has in that function. Uh, before we even think about whether it sits on its own. If it's set up and automation is in place and we can really start delivering strategic insights and the, and the business is big enough to sustain it, absolutely, I think it can stand as its own function. When we talk about the smaller businesses, where perhaps, you know, sub 500 employees, for example, is it as relevant? Is it more transactional in that in a, in a um, situation? And there's other types of payroll as well, of course. We've got bureau payroll, outsourced payroll, in-house payroll. And I think all of these things need to come together to understand when it could sit as its own operation and when maybe it's better positioned under finance or HR. But I love the fact it's now in public consciousness that we're just discussing this and people are thinking about it because that promotes further awareness and further conversation to find a hopefully a perfect blueprint for operational efficiency going forward. But let's get the rest of the audience involved here. We've got another poll, uh, which is that we want to find out what is your organization's biggest HR challenge moving forward? Uh, four options here for you. For those uh, on audio only, the options are employee retention and attribu attribution, uh, staff welfare and resilience, uh, employee engagement, staff planning and attracting fresh talent. So we're going to wait for those results to come through. Uh, just so you uh, know, our expert panel, Kelly North Mackay said, thank you very much for your answers. So hopefully we've answered that question a little bit regarding whether payroll deserves to be its own function at TBC, I think, and we'll see what the future holds on that. Um, I have also, for those interested, in case you haven't already downloaded the white paper, just drop that into the chat. So for those that haven't already accessed it, 
follow that link through and you can get a hold of the white paper that accompanies today's uh, show as well and the link is in the in the chat for that so let's have a look at these results i'm going to come to you first this time chris when we get these results through what is your organization's biggest hr challenge moving forward let's have a look at some of these results for those in audio only we've got 20 percent say employee retention seven percent say staff welfare 33% employee engagement, which is interesting based on that employee experience piece that Chris has been talking about, and 40% staff planning and attracting fresh talent, which I think is also pretty much related to employee experience. But Chris, as the expert, I'll let you take away your thoughts on these poll results. Yeah, um, thanks, Nick. Um, I'm I'm not surprised, and I think it does echo some of the conversations we've already had on this uh, this webinar today so far, right? Um, I think we, we we talk about payroll as this forward thinking now outward looking you know trying to be prepared for the future thinking about engagement with employees and and and, and all of that and i think um th this highlights that a, a bit further you know in, in, in we're looking at the the engagement with employees there seeing 33 percent but also staff planning and i would i've maybe guessed that attracting fresh talent is possibly the stronger half of that option um at the moment i think people are looking at um you know continuity um and, and that sort of side of things and being prepared for that future workforce and that future role that payroll hr and everyone has to play within an organization so i'm not not surprised i think it echoes a lot of the things that we've already said sure sure so from my perspective i'm not sure i'd keep staff planning and attracting fresh talent in the same box i think they're no. potentially different i'd have staff planning more related to organizational design and, and and the way that you set that up and attracting fresh talent probably more aligned with engagement and um employee experience but hey that's just my thoughts i know that certainly from sd works as independent research um interestingly when we look at these results they had the top four challenges going forward to being employee retention staff welfare resilience employee engagement and then staff planning and attracting fresh talent so almost exactly following the results of today's poll um Let's jump to that slide just so people can have a look at it, but you can see that the employee retention staff welfare, the only slight changes to the results that our panel had today, uh, so our poll had today. Um, do these results of SD Works as independent research, Chris, do they surprise you at all? Um, no, not at all. Um, in, in fact, it's actually consistent with some of the of our own research at LACE. We, we ran some research uh, last year called One Big Thing, where we we asked a number of CPOs from a wide range of industries what their one big thing over the next 12 to 24 months was. Um, and talent attraction came in top, flexible working and EVP were close in behind. And I, I think that just highlights this current focus on the employee through all lenses. Um, one thing that should come from it, um, as from this sort of insight, sorry, for, for, for payroll and HR is we should be shining a light on ourselves and, and just asking whether we're supporting processes or people um you know are we transacting are we or are we interacting um there's so much we can be doing if we're not fulfilling those tasks that we've already covered in depth so far and, and i think a lot of this supports engagement with employees and and also being uh, playing an active role in that evp which supports talent attraction of course um i i'd say i think bob you said it earlier on it's from from a payroll perspective it's maybe more of a stretch to think like this um when you compare it to the traditional role um i think we talk about financial well-being playing a role here um and and it's becoming a bit more mainstream than it was a couple of years ago um i think it is still fairly fresh but everyone is speaking about it and while i think it's a bit too focused on pay on demand it's a fantastic which is a fantastic idea and solution um i think that should be a out a lot more right and looking at the person as a whole and, and i think in particular coaching is important 
Um, so generally, I think, yeah, all of it, all of it supports just one of the underlying messages of this white paper, which is to do stuff that the employees want and to be able to attract employees and all of this. You just can't be maxed out to deliver what they need. Yeah, sure. Bob, what are your thoughts on that? Listen, I'm not surprised. Again, very standard sort of results we get when we're talking to to people. I, I would just want to throw a little span on the works here. If we're talking to HR people, say, what are your challenges? All of these are inward into the function. I'm saying to HR people now, why aren't you putting things like some of the challenges are about how you influence business decisions? How are you influencing commercial responses? How are you influencing the direction of a, of a board? And actually, this, this, this is quite interesting, isn't it? We do these surveys with HR people, and it's always about my function. I'm responsible for people, et cetera. I want to get people in HR and payroll thinking about, actually, we should be thinking wider than that. We should be thinking about the business. How do we influence commercial decisions? How do we influence the operating model? How do we influence where we go as an organization? And I want to see more of that come out. Now, that might be in the, in the responses somewhere, but actually, I'd love to see more of that outward thinking as we're not just into my HR function and we are just responsible for people and engagement and paying people. Yeah, I like that I would thinking uh, point you've made there, Bob. I think also it's worth bearing in mind, we're very quick, particularly in payroll and HR, to sometimes focus only on the problems. Um, and actually, a lot of the solutions can be found in what we already do well. So it's all well and good looking if you look at the employee engagement or benefits piece. You know, we look at what we don't have and instantly think that if we bring that in, it's going to improve things. But actually, sometimes some of the best solutions, and I'm sure Chris and Bob will know this better than I, are working in these, uh, in, in, in these, in these contracts and, and these, these consultancy projects they work on. Often it's understanding what you're already doing really, really well and doing more of it that can gain the better results than always focusing on what you're missing and what you're lacking. And I think that come, that ties in nicely, Bob, with your point there about being you know, forward thinking and outward looking. Um, don't always focus just on what you're not doing or the problem, but really speak to your employees, speak to your staff. And what is it they really love about working with your business already? What can you do more? What's really working well? And can we can we build on that rather than just focus on what people don't have? Because employees will always say what they don't have. Uh, and sometimes easy to forget what they do. Um, but let's have a look at then the, the catalyst for change here, because we all know, we've talked about it already today, the pandemic has absolutely accelerated the trend towards greater operational efficiency, towards transformation. Organizations we know have become way more um, reliant on technology. They were reliant before the pandemic, but certainly it's sped up the, the speed of transformation away in, in relation to tech. Uh, and in, particularly in relation to day-to-day -day activities being automated, which we talked about quite a bit today already as well. So Bob, I'll come to you first. Can I ask what significant changes you see within HR and payroll and the impacts that have been made in terms of remote working in particular, as well as talent and well-being opportunities that we've just started to touch upon? Well, just in the last few years have given us the massive opportunity to really rethink actually some of the areas that we, we focus on in HR and payroll, right? Um, Cloud-based technologies are absolutely at the fore. The, the amount of take-up at the moment is huge. The demand is growing. And, you know, and we think about the shrinking economy, but actually there's so many organizations today thinking about how do they move to better systems, better ways of working. And actually, the, the other part is this whole flexible working and larger talent pool. Actually, we've got a real opportunity to really maximize. We talked about the challenges that HR people talking about finding people. You know, the workforce is no longer a local workforce, right? It's a global workforce because we know we can pay anyone anywhere in the globe to do the right thing. So it's all about skills. We know we, we've not talked much about skills here. People are talking about the skills shortages and acquiring skills. So, you know, by going to the cloud-based solutions, by thinking about flexible working and really tapping into that larger talent pool, I mean, they're a huge opportunity and they're, they're the catalyst, right? They're the things that HR and payroll people should be thinking today is, I'm not worried about the local resources anymore. I've got to think about skills, 
where do I get them? How do I pay them? And how do I give them the right experience? So, you know, there is there is a real opportunity to really globalize what we think, even if you're a local company. Absolutely right. And certainly we've seen this as recru- in a recruitment firm more than ever. Suddenly our talent pools have gone from regional postcode based to, to global. And it's it's yeah. it's been game changing. And people are seeing that. People are getting talent now from different parts of the world. And it's been an absolute um, game change in the world of talent attraction, talent retention, um, and and you know it's 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 here to stay. I think, and it's not just being able to recruit people further afield. We've even proven that payroll and HR departments can be remote themselves, and that's something that for many um, didn't believe was possible. Apologies if you can hear a little bit of building works in the background. I can't do much about that. I don't know if that's coming through. Um, let's come to you, Chris. We can see some um, points on the slide here. So cloud-based packages, results in easier migration, flexible working, large talent pools office efficiency versus home efficiency and system processes and ownership, just for those that seen audio only. Um, we know that cloud-based uh, software in particular, something that Bob just mentioned there, has helped, has meant that those who had already migrated didn't necessarily suffer too many issues. But what issues have Lace found in terms of the customers you work with, uh, have found have been struggling with, and how is it possible to counteract those issues, ensuring that the same, if not a better level of efficiency is delivered? Yeah, um, I think aside from the obvious, you know, capacity challenges, you know, from from the instant and constantly changing legislation that we've we've all encountered over the last sort of few years, um, I think some of the most fundamental issues were data and just back to that lack of automized automation in processes. Right, um, I think for payroll, one of the biggest impacts of the <clears throat> of the pandemic was that sudden realization that they needed um and the organizations were asking for for this data to support decision making right and and it just wasn't available um bringing us back to this multiple systems approach multiple processes our clients have just found themselves having to pull together four five six often more than that sources of the same information in different formats and manually manipulate it um i think i've used the phrase operationalized workarounds before and i think processes that were essentially that posed a, a massive issue. Um, they relied on specific people. Those people maybe weren't at work or they were buried handling this ever-changing landscape. And I think I think we all probably know this, but manual processes, if handled in an uncontrolled way, pose a really significant risk, right? And especially those that are reliant on single points of failure. <clears throat> I think as a result of a lot of that, you've, you've touched on it, Nick, already that, you know, the resource demand increased hugely and quite quickly. I think I certainly saw a, the number of FT fixed term contract roles um, advertised on the market during the pandemic shot up. Um, and I think that showed that people didn't necessarily have the technology to to take care of what of this sudden shift in demand and just needed to backfill with people because their their current people were swamped doing other things, right? Um, so there was this all hands on deck mentality and just doing whatever it takes to to get to where the payroll teams needed to be. Um, I think another thing to call out that we, we've seen a lot of is just around governance structures. Um, a lot of clients found that they were either just inefficient or frankly, completely missing. Um, you know, whether it's clear ownership of tasks, clarity around segregation of duties, consistency across geographies, you know, back to Bob's point, or simply just having everything documented. They're, those things are all imperative to being prepared for the situation where those critical resources are unavailable and, and at short notice. Um, I think what I'd say is since the pandemic, the reaction thankfully seems to have been to look at the foundations rather than just the issues. Um, I often say causes rather than symptoms. Um, and in a world where I think it's unfortunate to say that 
often payroll implementations in the past maybe were about lifting what's there onto different technology. I think a lot of organizations are rightly stepping back now and taking stock of where they are, what their options are across everything, you know, from technology all the way through to people. Um, and that focus has just shifted on being prepared for anything rather than just being prepared for what we've always done. Yeah, that makes that makes sense. And I think um, I think one thing we've established here, we're talking about operational efficiency today, but it, it is the number one priority for HR leaders. And that if we're going to get to that point, then we need to make sure that you know we are efficient in everything that we do, and that includes our systems, the way that we communicate, the way that we are enticing our employees to stay engaged, and and, and improving that experience and keeping the employees at the heart of all of that. Um, Let's have a look at some of the takeaways that the report gives us and hopefully today's session has done as well. We know that um, hopefully we've come across here for those in audio only, we've got maximizing operational efficiency for HR and payroll. We can see that that can have a significant impact. We know that investing in the right people and processes will benefit the broader business. We know that inefficiencies are inevitable, but preparation is valuable. And we've got some experts here like Chris and Bob that can support you with those things. Uh, change can be great and presents opportunities for growth. And HR and Power Foundations is a series to help you and your organization. So we do want you to join us for our next one as well. However, we also know, and hopefully we've established today, that there is a disconnect sometimes between aspiration and reality. We know that time sometimes is something that we really struggle to find in order for us to be able to, to deliver the operational efficiencies that we want to do. And actually, if you haven't read the report yet, some really interesting stats support that with 40% of those surveyed finding it difficult or very difficult to find the time to provide data to business leaders, 64% struggling to manage basic reports, and 40% having no single source for their data. And it's this lack of consolidated reporting that's leading to data-driven decisions being, or a few data-driven decisions being actioned. And we can talk about the importance of that that Chris has just highlighted, I think is really important. We've talked about how rising costs and concerns around the wider economy is causing further challenges, but we need to make sure that as Chris and Bob are very articulately put today, that we keep well-being initiatives at the heart, we keep employee experience at the heart of everything we're trying to do. And we need payroll and HR communicating to make that happen. We need to make sure payroll stays compliant, secure, efficient, resilient, that we get as much automation in there as possible to free up the time to be more strategic, free up more time to really work on that legacy technology and improve it, to remove the disparate systems and manual processes that are stopping organizations from achieving future-proof payroll that is an asset to their business rather than a cost center. Lots and lots, hopefully, for everyone to take away. I wonder, Bob, if you can just give me some uh, summarizing thoughts for, from yourself uh, on, on some of these takeaways and anything perhaps we haven't quite mentioned that you just want to bring to the fourth before we before we uh, say goodbye to our listeners today. Uh, listen, these are all great takeaways. I just say that the opportunity exists now to do something. And I think we have, you know, we're coming out of the pandemic. We, we've seen some challenges. We've got um, economic climate hitting us, et cetera. There's a real opportunity for people in HR and payroll to, to shout loud, um, but actually stop talking about that's how we've always done it and just accept the norm, start coming out and be brave and start saying there is a different way. Um, you know, I'm sure Chris and myself can always help, but, you know, go out there and think about the different way, explore the other uh, uh, systems that are out there and opportunities and really go and make a change, right? Go and do it. We can't just sit down and say, we've always done it this way and we're fine. And Chris, come to you for any uh, closing remarks from yourself echo everything bob said and and just really support with the message that you know it's an exciting time we're on the cusp of something changing quite significantly i think especially in payroll um and i think it's about thinking differently thinking outward thinking about actually what's the best way to do this 
let's clear the canvas and start again. Um, and, and that excitement, I think, brought boils all the way through to the people. And I think the future skills of a payroll person are going to be far less transactional, far less focused on doing the doing, far less buried in systems and far more outwardly engaging and, and focused on employees and, and other areas of businesses. Yeah, absolutely right. And I'll go back to that um, quote I mentioned earlier on in the show, following Chris's comments, you don't need to be able to get better. So, you know, if you're not thinking about transformation yet, you need to be because although things may not be impacting you now, you don't want to get left behind here. There's an opportunity, as, as Chris and Bob have highlighted here, to really improve your operation, really drive operational efficiency. And the best time to, you know, to make change, if you haven't started yet, is now. So don't don't procrastinate. You've got some great experts on the show here that can support you. SD Works, I'm sure, can support you as well. Uh, but start planning for that transformation. Start driving those operational efficiencies, and you'll really start to get to the heart of the employee experience, which really does have a huge impact on the bottom line for businesses if you're able to retain and attract the best talent. I know all about that. It's my wheelhouse. So uh, this is a, a good starting point to get there. Um, I just want to finish uh, today. We've, we've covered the Q&A in real time from uh, from Kelly, but I do want to remind everyone the next um, show is on, on process. It's on the 22nd of March. So do go to the SD Works website. Do sign up for that. We look forward to welcoming you all to the next webinar. Um, but just leads me to say a huge thank you to Bob Rahill and to Chris Kirby for joining us today on this foundations uh, number two of five session, all about operational efficiency. I hope it's been helpful for you. Do download the white paper to support this. And there will be a copy of this that comes out to everyone that's registered for today's show. So hopefully, uh, if you want to make notes or you want to go over anything again, you can all get a copy of the recording to, to listen back in your own time. Thank you very much. That's all for this episode of the Payroll Podcast. I hope you enjoyed our discussion today and gained valuable insights and inspiration to advance your payroll career or your payroll operation. If you haven't already, please, please do subscribe to the show so you never miss a future episode. And if you found this podcast helpful, please take a moment to leave us a little review on your preferred podcast platform. It's your feedback that really helps me to improve the show and, of course, attract new listeners so we can continue to raise the profile of the payroll industry for all. Finally, if you know anyone who could benefit from this payroll podcast, please do share it with them. Let's spread the word and build a vibrant community of payroll professionals worldwide. Thank you, of course, for listening. My name is Nick Day. Please do look me up on LinkedIn and send me a connection request. In the meantime, I look forward to being with you again on the next episode of the Payroll Podcast real soon.